Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to this weekly Torah study from New Beginnings Church in Bedford, Texas, taught by Pastor Scott Sigmund. We pray this message will help you better understand how God's Old Testament wisdom and New Testament revelation are meant to jointly fit together. Today, uh, I want to teach out of the Torah portion of Noah, 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 and the four horsemen of Bible prophecy. I've never taught on that, but it's been on my heart for over a year, really since the pandemic, and this was the day that the Lord has made to teach it. So, Noah and the four horsemen of Bible prophecy. And uh, look, uh, I taught on Noah in Bible prophecy last October, Um, and uh, I went uh, to the church website and checked, and indeed that sermon is still there. So uh, this could, in effect, be part two. Uh, These classes are only, you know, 45 minutes or thereabouts, so it's not like we're doing a whole series and next week we move on. So if it is a series, it's from year to year. Uh, So you can get the podcast or uh, even perhaps today for sure, I don't know about last year, get the CD if you still do that. Amen. So, um, as our foundation scripture today in getting into this study of Noah and Bible prophecy, uh, let me draw your attention to Matthew 24. This is Jesus' chapter on Bible prophecy and the signs of His coming. What will it be like uh, just before the Son of God returns? And uh, Jesus said in verse 37, it will be like it was in Noah's day. It'll be like it was in Noah's day. In those days before the flood, the people were enjoying banquets and parties and weddings right up until the time Noah entered his boat. He didn't swim to the boat. He didn't have to have a little life raft and, you know, paddle furiously and pound on the door of the ark. Let me in! No, he entered into the ark uh, at the very beginning of the rain. That's symbolic of the rapture. The rapture happens before the flood. Uh, verse 39, people didn't realize what was going to happen until the flood came. Right, unexpectedly, the flood came. They weren't looking for it. They weren't watching and praying and uh, being involved in the things of God. And it says it swept them all away. Uh, this is the way it will be when Jesus comes. So Jesus is teaching us that Noah's story is a type and a shadow of end time events, the last days. And uh, in Noah's time, there was ten generations from Adam to Noah. And in those ten generations from Adam to Noah, everything was in moral decline. Uh, The society just fell deeper and deeper into rejection mode, into rebellious mode against God's way of life, and it became increasingly hostile and violent and secular, immoral and corrupt. 
And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be just before the Lord returns. Genesis 6-5, one of the scriptures in the Torah study this week, the Lord observed the extent of human wickedness on the earth. He saw that everything they thought or imagined was consistently and totally evil. So the Lord was sorry he had ever made man put them on the earth. It broke his heart. But then verse 8 says, But Noah found favor with the Lord. So uh, in Noah's day, there was an unimaginable level of evil that flooded society. And that flood of evil led to the great flood. And the great flood is a, a symbolic of a baptism, a cleansing, a purification uh, that would bring renewal. But it's also the flood is a sign of the judgment of God. And in the, we'll get into this a little bit more as we go through this. But uh, the judgment of God is coming on the earth. God is love. God's not willing that any should perish. He wants every man and woman and child to come to the knowledge of the truth. But at the same time, the sand will eventually run out of the clock. And when the last grains of sand fall through that hourglass, all of a sudden it's going to change from uh, the Jesus uh, 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 who ministered in Galilee and in Jerusalem and in Israel ministered love and wisdom. All of a sudden there's going to be a Jesus of revelation. And he's going to go from the Lamb of God to the Lion of God. And he will go uh, into being a conquering king. And we're going to be with him as all of that happens. But part of the reason that in today's society we seem to be replicating Noah's day is in part because the church's influence is fading. We're supposed to be the salt and the light. Right? We're not supposed to uh, hide from society and culture. We're supposed to oppose secular culture and speak back and stand up. And hopefully we can do it uh, in a way that we agree to disagree agreeably. Put down your rocks, your frozen water bottles. Uh, Don't riot on me. Don't attack me for my point of view. Why are you censoring me? Why are you canceling me for my viewpoint? I thought we had free speech. I thought we had a society with a bill of rights that protected my rights, not just yours. So, God is patient and long-suffering. But there's coming a day of unexpected judgment. Uh, But there will be visible signs for those that are paying attention. And again, Jesus lays these out in Matthew 24. I touched on some of that last year. Pastor touched on a lot of this in his Reading the Signs of God series that's available on uh, YouTube and on the website and so on and so forth. Uh, But there's a long list of signs. And uh, we'll get uh, into some of this a little bit more. But it's no coincidence when you study Noah 
that also included in this portion is the teaching and the study of Nimrod. Nimrod and the Tower of Babel. And that's all part of in the days of Noah. And so who is Nimrod? Well, Nimrod came on the world stage after the flood. And he was empowered by the devil. He's the very first type of antichrist. And what does he try to do? He tries to unite the whole human race into a one world government under him, under Nimrod. One world government, one world religion, one world economy. And he was trying to bring the world together in unity to wage war against the Most High God, His Bible, and all of His divine laws and order. Because why? He wants a counterfeit. The devil wants to counterfeit what God wants to do. And so this new world order that we hear about uh, is a counterfeit to what's going to happen when the conquering king, the Lion of Judah, and his armies, which is you and I, where we come back and we do battle against all of these wicked people who have sold their souls to the devil and they oppose the gospel. They'll oppose it uh, even though the evidence, just like the ark, the ark was no small little, you know, dinghy. <laughs> it was as big as a football field and bigger. And so it took many, many years to build, over a hundred years to build, and it stood as a witness and a testimony to society that something's about to happen. And we don't know when, but if you want to be on the right side, you better be on God's side if you want to be saved from the coming judgment. Of course, Nimrod and others uh, like them, even today, they're drunk with power. Right? And they are going about creating the most bizarre and immoral policies we've ever seen in our lifetime. Under satanic influence, they're creating social chaos, social division, using fear and intimidation and authoritarianism, and they're, they're accusing the good people of what they're doing. How does that work? They are, if you listen to accusations in general, the accusations are what they're doing, not what we're doing. Amen. And so it's coming from a world of politics, a world of science, a world of big tech, a world of big business. They're all joining together in a satanic cabal to impose this one world order as it was in the days of Noah. Nimrod is the first Antichrist. And we don't know for sure, but it could be the Antichrist is alive and walking the earth right now we know the spirit of the antichrist is already creating scenarios that are leading towards uh, his uh, um, attempt to impose this one world order so if you want to be saved from the coming judgment like Noah you need to be on God's side and here's the thing 
even if you go through some persecution because of insane political or insane medical policies, you can still walk by faith. Right? You can still be strong in the Lord. You can still experience great favor. Noah found great favor in the eyes of God. You can still be blessed. You can still be more than a conqueror. You can still be an overcomer. You can still walk with an attitude of victory. And those that overcome till the end, Jesus said in his message to the seven churches, those that overcome to the end, you'll have done well. And uh, you're going to be welcomed on in. So let's have that mindset. Now as we get deeper into Bible prophecy through the story of Noah, I'm heading towards the four horsemen as fast as I can, but I'm laying a foundation so this is all one sermon that you can get from A to Z and uh, not need to listen to other things as well if you don't have the time. But uh, it's important to understand that Bible prophecy often has several interpretations. All right? Uh, It's important not to get stuck in a, well, this is the way it has to be and there's no other way that God would be able to work it. But from my perspective, well, I hope that your perspective is true. I hope my perspective is true. But if our perspectives uh, differ, uh, you know, it's just this is how prophecy works. There's different teachings, different doctrines. So don't get mad at somebody or uh, into a big argument and blow a gasket. uh, 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 everyone seeing through a glass darkly. Amen. However, prophecy and many of the mysterious prophetic symbols in the Bible are gradually going to be understood better and better the closer we get to the end times. Uh, uh, this is what Daniel's talking about. Uh, Daniel chapter 12, a lot of Daniel is rich in Bible prophecy that speaks about the, uh, the tribulation times. But there was one uh, uh, scripture I was studying on uh, this week that is one of the signs, one of the birth pangs, one of the evidences that we're in the last days. And in Daniel 12.4, out of the complete Jewish Bible, it says, But you, Daniel, keep these words secret, seal up the book until the end of time. And many will rush here and there as knowledge increases. All right, who's ever heard that prophecy before? Uh, Everything's going to be sealed up, but as we get close to the coming of the Lord, all of a sudden we're going to understand things like we've never understood before, and we're also going to see that uh, knowledge will increase. Now there's something hidden here I had never seen before and it says one of the signs of the last days is that knowledge will increase. This word increase means to multiply greatly. Multiply greatly. And if you look this up, I mean it's changing and there could be debate on this, but on average human knowledge is doubling every 13 months. Every 13 months. Just 10 years ago, it was every two or three years. 
But we're quickly on our way, some experts say, to doubling of knowledge every 12 hours. Yeah, knowledge will increase. Sign of the end times. Now think about it in comparison. Uh, It took 1,500 years from the time of Christ for knowledge to double. From the birth of Christ took 1,500 years for knowledge to double. By the year 1900, knowledge was doubling every hundred years. 1900 wasn't that that long ago. Some of our grandparents were born near that turn of the 19th century, right? Knowledge is multiplying, as Daniel told us in Daniel 12.4. But here's what I had never seen before. Uh, because I, I felt by the Holy Ghost to look up that word knowledge that Daniel was using. And it turns out he was using a, uh, a word for knowledge in the Hebrew that is very seldom used. You can look up knowledge and there's tons of scriptures using the word knowledge. But what he does here is seldom used word. And uh, it means Cunning and ignorant knowledge. Oh my gosh. Cunning and ignorant knowledge will increase in the last days. Anybody heard of fake news? To put it another way, our society, as it is in the days of Noah... In the last days, knowledge will increase. That means cunning and ignorant knowledge. Our media, our teachers, the teachers' union, medical professionals, scientists, politicians, uh, CEOs of corporations, big business, big tech, are all coming together to promote fake knowledge. Ignorant knowledge. It's really not knowledge at all. It's, it's trying to be passed off as knowledge, as wisdom and intelligence. And they're doing so in an ever-increasing way. And they're using all kinds of cunning and scheming ways to get people to buy in to a one-world government system. The foundation is being laid. It's as in the days of Noah, as at the time of Nimrod. The first antichrist in the Bible is Nimrod. And all of a sudden we're seeing that, as Daniel points out, Daniel 12.4, cunning and ignorant knowledge will increase. You know, you used to want to be able to count on people, you know, not to try to uh, uh, give half-truths or just total lies. Who's behind all of this? Who's the father of all lies? Satan. So the knowledge they claim is good is actually evil. But because it's so cunningly presented, it's creating a great falling away. And it's turning family against family, bosses and corporations and companies against employees in many, many ways. Uh, your People are being censored for their point of view. I, I thought I lived in America. When did, when did my point of view suddenly deserve to be canceled and censored? And uh, some of it is called shadow banning. 
where you have your outlet, uh, a lot of times it's on social media, and you don't even realize that these evil people who hate God and hate the Bible and hate your freedom of speech shadow ban you, where you, you posted the message and you thought it was going to all 3,000 of your friends. But they censored it. No one got it. But you are home thinking, well, I put it out there. Of course they read it. No, they didn't read it. You were banned and didn't know it. Cunning. Just think about this past year. Most people never expected the government could impose so much ignorant knowledge so quickly. Men can now be pregnant. California wants to put, uh, uh, sorry, uh, uh, feminine hygiene products in the boys' bathroom. And pretty soon it won't be a boys' bathroom. Women are no longer women. They're just birthing people. Children can now change their gender on a whim. And now, in certain areas, uh, young kids can get gender mutilation surgery um, without telling their parents. Yeah. It's happening right before our eyes just since January uh, and Inauguration Day. Uh, critical race theory is taking us back into hating one another. Because of the color of our skin. Martin Luther King Jr.'s vision is being canceled right before our eyes. Kids who have a minimal risk of getting or spreading COVID now have to be vaccinated to be educated. And then, after that, still have to wear a mask. Follow the science really means follow my political science. It's not medical science. It's political science. And big tech giants and big corp and big pharma are all joining together to censor anyone that opposes this multiplication of ignorant knowledge. It's ignorant knowledge. So, look, I'm just like you. I, I want to shout at the TV. (laughs) shout at the politicians but we need to do more than just throw a fit we need to take a stand in prayer we need need to take a stand in the voting booth we need to voice our godly opinions and we need to be strong in the Lord until he returns come on so not only does Jesus give us warning signs in Matthew 24 John gives us warning signs in the book of Revelation. Did you know that the book of Revelation could be translated with the word apocalypse? And that word means the unveiling. The unveiling in Revelation begins, arguably, with the release of what are called the four horsemen. The description begins in Revelation 6, 1 through 8. And interestingly enough, there's a sister scripture, a companion prophecy in Zechariah, ironically, also in chapter one verses or chapter six, verses one through eight. 
Not a coincidence. Both of the prophecies are speaking about the end times and they're relating what these four horsemen come to do or in Zechariah these four chariots which are four spirits they've come to do something to the earth and they're given power to control many things on earth. So these four horsemen of Revelation uh, begin a series of judgments that are released upon the world who has rejected God. The build-up to that we're witnessing. There's a, just not going to all of a sudden everything's perfect and then one day the anti boom and everything just totally flips 180. It, 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 there's birth pangs. Jesus called them the beginning of sorrows. And our Savior is letting us know that deception and violence and shortages and disease begin a series of catastrophic events that will last through a seven-year tribulation period. And just so you know this, this is just a basic thing for studying Revelation. From Revelation 5 to Revelation 16, the Apostle John describes a series of end-time judgments that happen in three consecutive stages. Okay, Each stage has seven phases of judgment, and they get progressively worse. The first are the seven seals or the seven scrolls that are opened by the Lamb of God. And that's Revelation 6, you get, and Revelation 5 sets that up. Then after that comes the seven trumpets in Revelation 8 and then through uh, Revelation 11. And finally, the last in this three sets are the seven bowls or the seven vials in Revelation 16. And all of this is symbolic of the plagues that happened to the Egyptians for not letting God's people go. And they become increasingly worse and more devastating as the seven-year tribulation period progresses. The good news is, is that if people repent and come under God's authority, they're going to be saved. Right? And then, as all of this unfolds, there's going to be a time the rapture happens. And all the saints that are alive and all the saints that are resurrected from the time of the garden until uh, the time of the rapture, along with any of the tribulation saints, that, that people that get saved during the tribulation, we come together united to form the army of the Lord and return to fight the battle of Armageddon. And that's at the end of the tribulation. This is the second coming of the Lord, different from the rapture. And that leads us into the Sabbath millennium, the thousand-year reign of Christ, which is the great uh, Sabbath. It's a great jubilee-style period when rebellious mankind and satanic forces have to give up control despite all their efforts and everything is returned to the rightful owner, the Lord God Almighty. So Revelation, along with many other prophetic scriptures, show us God's timeline. 
And uh, that timeline includes many sorrows, many birth pangs, it all unfolds. And the first things that unfold in the book of Revelation are the four horsemen of the apocalypse, of Revelation. And the, uh, I wish I had time to read the whole scripture. Look, we've only got about 15 minutes, and I just want you read Revelation 6 about the different horses the white horse, the black, the red horse, the black horse, and the pale green horse. The first seal that Jesus opens uh, releases the first horse, which is white. And there's debate on all of this, we mentioned that earlier. But normally what happens in in that day, horses, if you rode a horse, you were wealthy, you were powerful, you were influential, and the army was full of horses, and horses gave you the upper hand in controlling society. And so the first horse is white, and most theologians believe that the rider of the white horse is the Antichrist who will be given his crown by a world that elects him to bring about peace and safety that everybody, I need security. So you can see even today how all of this cabal we talked about is creating a culture and environment of fear. People are afraid, and if you're afraid, you don't walk by faith. You're walking in fear. And therefore, you'll uh, eventually fall away and be willing. Well, let's, let me give up my freedom so I can be secure. Ah, uh, bad move. Like Nimrod, we know that the Antichrist is a great dictator, an authoritarian, and a great deceiver. He will use cunning and ignorant knowledge, as Daniel prophesied. And look, Satan's purpose has always been to counterfeit the work of Christ. And it's no coincidence that in Revelation 19, Jesus returns leading his armies at the second coming, riding a what? A white horse. So this is the, this is the uh, counterfeit of that in uh, the first seal. Ultimately, the white horse and its rider intend to conquer humanity. It says they, he comes in as a conqueror to conquer. And he's using ignorant knowledge, deception, to put mankind under a counterfeit dominion and authority. This person and the prevailing spirit behind that person, okay, is going to bring in a type of secular, non-spiritual, religious atmosphere. Some of the things that are passing for secular climate change. We're supposed to worship at the altar of climate change. We're supposed to worship at the altar of one man who says, this is what we have to do uh, in order to get through COVID. Cancel Christmas. Shut down the church. We can't even sing or talk or share with our family and friends. And on and on and on because of one man? Hmm. It's all wrapped in Marxism, socialism, communism, and deception. It's a, it comes wrapped in crazy policies. 
When will people stop, open their eyes and realize a world without borders is insane? That's one world government. And if it's under the Antichrist crowd, you ain't going to like it. Especially if you don't get raptured. I don't, I'm getting raptured and I don't like it. And I'm up until the time I, I'm willing to voice my opinion and say and push back and register a protest. And if you don't like it, I, I'm sorry. But I have a right to my opinions. I didn't, I didn't, uh, uh, nowhere in the Constitution or de- did I give up my right to think and express my opinion. And they're using Green New Deals, the Great World Reset, man-made pandemics, all to cloak something even more sinister. It's interesting that the rider on the white horse who holds a bow, it never mentions arrows. So it tends to tell you it's not a military conflict. But he also wears a crown. And get this. Do you know what the Latin word for crown is? Corona. The white horse that's released at the beginning of the tribulation, the rider wears a corona. This is a clue. He comes to conquer and subdue without making military war. And so what we're seeing today is this political war, this legislative war, this medical war, this technological war. It's all warfare using ignorant knowledge to deceive the masses. God, give us eyes to see. Open the eyes of my understanding and don't let me be like those that went through uh, uh, the flood, uh, the days of Noah. As it is in the days of Noah, so shall it be just before I come back. So there's other points of view. Um, But if this isn't the release and the beginning of the four horsemen then I think it's the uh, beginning and the release of the four Shetland ponies. (laughs) Amen. When the second seal is opened by the Lord, a second horse, a red horse, is released. And this is commonly thought to represent great war and bloodshed. Its writer, Revelation 6, 3 and 4 says, was permitted to take peace from the earth so that people should slay one another, and he was given a great sword. Nation, Jesus said, will rise against nation, and even individual families will oppose one another. It's going to be a time of murder, assassination, riots, and revolution. And there's an interesting analogy here that's important to understand uh, about what Jesus taught in Matthew 24, that nation will rise against nation and kingdom will rise against kingdom. This isn't Jesus repeating himself, but he's making a distinction between military warfare and ideological warfare. Political, cultural, moral, educational, scientific warfare. America, my friend, is under attack. Whether you see it or not, 
You know, you might be listening to the wrong voices and think that everything's good. Like, like the, uh, they, they were on TV the other day and we had the worst jobs report that America has seen in 10 years. And yet the one giving the speech, this older guy uh, that got elected, he said, this is great news. And even, even people that like him and voted for him are thinking, how can that be great news with more people out of work? With infl- it, now it's, it's being said that Americans, a general American family, because of uh, eight months of uh, rampant inflation, in just eight months, inflation is going crazy, we're all paying $175 more a month. Have you been to the gas pump lately and wondered, hey, what the heck happened? Well, you can't shut down pipelines and stop drilling. And once we're independently free of buying oil around, we were the biggest number one. And now we canceled all of that. Gas prices and a barrel of oil costs more now than it has in the last 10 years. But it's all good. Okay, what flavor of Kool-Aid is that again? China and its two million man army is on the move. All those airplanes going into Taiwan uh, airspace. Some people are predicting they're going to invade Taiwan. What's going on here? Global domination. One world government. It's going to usher in the man of sin, the Antichrist. And he's going to use big secular government, big tech surveillance, censorship of speech, free thought, big pharma, going to use diabolical medicines, and you're going to be forced to take medicines. that uh, the, the, the medicine that they're making people, t- forcing people to take if you want to buy or sell, that... The number of deaths from that medicine equal all the deaths of any other vaccine ever produced since the beginning of time. You add up all the vaccines that were ever produced and how many people died from that. In eight months, we've already surpassed that. We're into the 16. And that's what we know. Of course, people are trying to shield all of that. And why is this? Why is all of this going on? What, what's going on to free speech and medical opinions and, and statistics? Give me the facts. Don't give me your ideology. Amen. So uh, this is part of uh, the red horse. It's not just bloodshed. But it's also all of this other warfare. The third seal releases a black horse and represents severe famine and shortage across the world. Uh, Even Costco yesterday got signs here and there, shortage, shortage, shortage. Right? 
They keep telling you there's shortage of beef, shortage of chicken, shortage of toilet paper, shortage of this, shortage. There's, there's 50, 60 ships out in Los Angeles, Long Beach Harbor that can't get unloaded because there's shortage of labor. Then there's a shortage of trucks. There's a shortage of containers. There's a shortage around the world of medicines. What happened, uh, what happened to bringing the supply chain back to America? Where you wouldn't be beholden to foreign nations to provide your medicines and your critical things. What happened to that conversation? There's a cabal that wants a one world government and so they don't want America to rise up under the constitution and one nation under God. So, it's not only food shortages and drought and a breakdown of the world supply chain, it's a famine of truth and information. And so, all of this that the black horse brings uh, is undernourishment. People are going to be undernourished in their spirit, soul, and body. And it's going to cause sickliness. Mentally and physically. There's going to be more hopelessness and desperation. Look, my wife just told me yesterday, uh, look, look at this. They're predicting a shortage of energy this winter. How are we getting a shortage of energy when we're the, we have uh, 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 250 years of gas, natural gas and oil reserves? And there's a, so guess what? I said, honey, let's go online and buy a generator. Amen. So I didn't want to do that per se, but I went and I got me a generator. So if my power shuts down like Freeze Mageddon, last, uh, we were 36 hours uh, uh, without power. I said, well, we got our fireplace all clean. We're buying wood. Now I'm going to buy a generator. So. All of this is leading, this hunger, lack, and shortage plays into the Antichrist's hands. And uh, this is, we're heading to a, a point where you won't be able to buy or sell unless you abide by this satanic, these satanic policies. All right, isn't that fun to hear that? <laughs> As for me and my house, we're going to be strong in the Lord. We're going to walk by faith and not by fear. We're going to make uh, preparations. Noah prepared he and his family for a day that the rain would fall. Spiritually, financially, physically. We're not just going to Grapevine Mills Mall now on a shop. I don't need more clothes right now. I need a generator. (laughs) Right? You know, let's rethink some of our priorities. The fourth seal is the pale green horse, and it represents the death and devastation that culminates from the first three. And uh, when he opened the fourth seal, verse 7 and 8, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature saying, Come, and I looked and behold a pale horse. And its rider's name was Death, and Hades followed him. And they were given authority over a fourth of the earth to kill with sword, with famine, with pandemics, and by the wild beasts of the earth. Uh, The Greek word for pale is a word that we uh, get to uh, make the word chlorophyll. And so some say that this green is uh, Islam. 
because Islam is, uh, their color is predominantly green. As we said earlier, that could be true, it may not be true. We just can't get so stuck into our ideology of Bible prophecy that it can only be this way and no other way. But uh, some ancient translators render the Hebrew meaning of pale as pestilence or disease. So this coincides with Jesus' teaching in Matthew 24 when he talks about the birth pangs uh, and the sorrows that they bring, that famines, pestilences, earthquakes, uh, all of these things tie in in part to these four horsemen. So as terrible as these judgments are, uh, uh, Jesus said, Let not your heart be troubled, for all these things must come to pass. And this isn't the devil doing it. This is God's judgment on a world that rejects and rebels against him. And the only way to avoid all of that and escape the judgment is confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Come into my heart. Forgive me of every sin. Break every curse. And connect me to all these salvation promises and more. Amen. Amen. And so don't fear the future. Revelation really is uh, the triumph of the church. It's the triumph of the kingdom of God. It's a horror story for some, but not for you and I. Because we overcome the devil, we overcome the world, we overcome death, we overcome hell, we overcome the grave. That's good news today. Satan is a defeated foe. We tread on serpents and scorpions. Serpents are deceivers. Scorpions bring the sting that brings paralysis. We are uh, in authority and dominion over all of that. No man knows the day or the hour when all of this happens. But uh, it seems like we are right there. There's a lot of other reasons. Pastors talks about it in his series, Reading the Signs. But I believe we're uh, watching Bible prophecy as in the days of Noah unfold right before our eyes. Let's be wise. Let's be watchful and prayerful and committed to the Lord above all things. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, if you receive that this morning, give the Lord a praise.